Toshichu. Welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, even after producer Val tells me uh, to pay attention to the screen, I'm just not going to do that anymore. That's fantastic. Welcome to Grim After Dark. Uh, my name is John. We are the Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show where we hit the high points of the last week in the Warhammer community. We talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love, Warhammer. And next week, I promise to actually pay attention. Maybe. Um, this week, we're going to be welcoming JT McDowell from Play on Tabletop, one of the guys who made 40k in 40 minutes cool before the London Grand Tournament finals tried to. Uh, my co-host today, though, before we get there, needs some introduction. Uh, he's, he's Danny. He's the kind of guy who spends $239 on the Games Workshop web store to make sure he doesn't get Sergeant Castus and not support this type of model release. Uh, Danny McDivitt, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. Thanks for uh, thanks for introducing me. I want you to know that I absolutely did spend two hundred and forty dollars oh, Celsius. So, jokes I on mean, you. It is the cost of one Australian Primaris Marine. So, really, it's, well, we're just—it's true. Why well, get a squad when you can get a school sergeant, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Or that. spend twenty four hundred dollars and get a squad of sergeants. It's yes, the way they really absolutely. want it to be done. <laughs> um, I, I'm proud of you. Not surprised, but but proud that, that you're getting that model. Uh, so uh, before we go, Danny, giant controversy coming out of the Louisiana Open uh, this weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, we can see this screenshot here from the beautifully produced and stunningly visualized GW's dream. Um, oh my god! <laughs> there was a, a lot of so uh, shoeless action going on in a public place. Uh, uh. Not cool, guys. Not cool. I know, like, Mark Perry does it as a meme that, that like, I don't know, he can't find shoes that fit. Uh, but, Danny, what's your opinion uh, on not wearing shoes in public? Look, you know, to be honest with you, I already thought that GW had a no shirt, no shoes, no service policy, <laughs> but apparently not. So, third, I'm a third I'm party basis. No, no <laughs> shoes, a okay. Yeah, yeah just fine. Oh, uh, I, it is foul. I mean, I hope that they put on some shoes before they went in the bathroom. I mean, we talked a little bit about that before the show, but who knows? Nobody knows. Nobody uh, knows. Oh. They are beautiful white socks. And as the chat quite rightly just pointed out, white socks, red card. Uh, and that is also <laughs> the name of someone's memoirs, probably from the art of war there. Um, speaking of art of war, <laughs> the collective <laughs> completed another sweep Perry. of the event. No, no, just uh, John Lennon with his lucky socks. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> the Art of War Collective completed another sweep of the event with champion Richard Siegler, seen here celebrating the win with his closest friends and family, uh, <laughs> proving once again that Admech are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Danny, this week, uh, this event, what was your take on sort of the results here? I know we saw like another Art of War top three. Um, were there any surprises to you for, from kind of the rest of the field or any army compositions? No. No. No, <laughs> like, all right. Perfect. So, like, okay. I mean, that picture, though, right? Like, like. Oh, by the way, that was actually almost... taken. That picture was taken actually before the game, uh, so it was just a, oh, a nice, oh. a nice picture. Someone uh, turned into a really mean comment. You can hear one is the loneliest number, like playing <laughs> when you look at this picture. And, and uh, believe me, if if uh, FLGN uh, was less afraid of copyright strikes, you would also hear one is the loneliest <laughs> number when we pulled that picture up. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, it's lonely at the top, man. It sure is. It sure is. Yep. But yeah, 
no real surprises coming out of um, uh, the New Orleans, uh, the Louisiana Open here. Uh, again, Art of War top three, lots of Sisters Dracari coming up here. Again, Knights and other armies taking okay. advantage of that terrain. Yeah, to to be fair, the Knights army was kind of a surprise. I mean, it's it's a really good army, but it's uh, it's uh, not. It's it's kind of surprising that it works so well in that terrain, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is great. That's a, that's a good sign. I really am interested to see more results from that terrain, and uh, yeah. But all the other armies, like Orc buggies, are still very good. Uh, we've got uh, Drakari, we've got Admech. Uh, no, no real surprise finishers uh, in that top sixteen. No. I feel like. Uh, no, a number four overall for Death Card, which was quite surprising. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of the the line of sight blocking, uh, minks, things like the Plague Burst Crawl, yeah. like way better. Uh, but I'm sure Thursday show will do a much better job of talking about that than, than I for ever sure. will. Um, but something no one expected was how well the actually the Frontline Gaming Network would do, uh, with their very own producer, an FLG and creative overlord, Val Heffelfinger, taking home several awards, as uh, we see showed here. <laughs> Beautiful. These... These were Man. absolutely awards uh, for Val and the FLGN, and they were in no way left behind by Brad Chester. I just want to make that abundantly <laughs> clear. Uh, <laughs> Val made really good use. Is that of last like week's- the award for uh, like you know best best producer? Or like yeah, like best yeah. content creator is that what that was for this weekend? Well, let's don't go crazy here, you know. Like Dan, all right, you're the fair. face on this part here. You would be the content creator. Um, <laughs> but there is two trophies. Uh, but- uh, Val made good use of last week's Googling of Joy Toy to properly celebrate the moment captured in this picture here, uh, which is the, the award uh, lovingly laid out in a pillow. And thankfully, we don't have any more footage uh, from that event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the awards by Joy Toy were such a big hit there. So um, yeah. that thing is serrated for your pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, look, luckily for you, definitely check out. By the way, a lot of visual jokes in the first fifteen yep. minutes. If you haven't got it, definitely check out uh, Grim at Grimdark FLGN on Twitter, where we do share all of these pictures right after the show with zero context. Because all of our uh, very best dildo jokes, John. All of, well, Daddy, if you say it out loud, then it's 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 a thing. That's and also, you're, for the podcast listeners, John, they need some context. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're also destroying like the next few jokes, which are which are way better and more that way, Bryce. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> because we were speaking about joy toys, uh, but the opposite of joy uh, and bit that's making its triumphant return after being off last week, uh, the Black Templars. Mm-hmm. Uh, more things were announced, including this beautiful upgrade sprue. Danny, uh, if you want to take us through this, uh, and I apologize, Tyler, piece of <laughs> upgrade. <laughs> Looks like we get some shotguns and a pintle-mounted multi-melta. We've got some cool, like, swords and scabbards. I don't know. And then yeah. what appears to be some relics that you can WYSIWYG affi- you know, affix to your characters to represent chapter relics in the in your Crusade games. Like, yeah. uh, like that banner. Um, also, there's some hanging bone-like adornments. There's a dick. Let's let's not uh, <laughs> let's not jump around it. I know we talked about being subtle about this here, uh, but the internet is going crazy over the fact uh, that one of the relics was literally um, a joy toy. Uh, maybe this was part of they, they got a cheaper rate from Joy Toy to make those Marines uh, if they put this in there. But uh, we've had a lot of fun this week uh, looking looking at this upgrade sprue. 
uh, and we're super excited to see uh, what you, the viewing audience hobbyist, can do with this upgrade sprue. I'm glad um, that the Black Templars have allocated a servitor specifically to polish that bone, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the servitors and the Black Templars are like, it's the worst job in the galaxy because you're either polishing a sword, polishing a bone-shaped massage device, um, or you're <laughs> like holding guns for someone else. A bone-shaped personal massager. Got it. <laughs> personal massager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. No, no, thank you, Black Templars. And we'll be back with more hate because there's a couple more models that came out that didn't make this week's cut, but are truly awful. Uh, but <laughs> the style guide says uh, we got to save yeah. some jokes for next week. Otherwise, right. uh, people are going to realize that we're not all that funny. Um, hey, well, more majors are happening. We are going from, uh, again, the Louisiana Open for GW. Uh, next gen events go, one of the next big events is going to be the New Orleans Open. Uh, tickets are selling fast. Um, again, we talked last week about every host from Signals of the Frontline is going to be in attendance. So you're going to have Kicker, uh, Shelby, you're going to have Seth, all there. And Danny, I'm really disappointed. And not only you, uh, but mm -hmm. Seth as well, because last week we put out a bounty. Uh, which says uh, Seth, who, who can be seen here again, uh, recording last week's episodes of Signal from the Frontline. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Just checking yeah. that chat. I'm so sorry. I think the, the professional or the style guide uh, term for napping on the job is uh, I'm just checking the chat real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, we said that if you were able to beat Seth at the New Orleans Open, uh, again, Frontline's uh, event coming up in, in New Orleans, you would get emailed your own certificate of appreciation from Danny mm -hmm. uh, for humbling Seth. Uh, Danny, that's both true. you and Seth uh, messaged me over the weekend to say I'd have to say uh, that's a beautiful certificate right there. 100% uh, spent hours making and creating this. So it's a beautiful thing. Um but both you and Seth messaged to be like, looks like we're sending a lot of tokens or uh, certificates out this weekend. And I'm like, dude, it's it's not for the GW event. Um, were you just that excited to see Seth fail? I mean, yes, but also uh, I don't really listen to myself talk. So I just kind of, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to what event this was for. Um, so I'm happy That's to fair. email, I'll, I'll personally email anybody who beats Seth. Uh, this you'll get one directly from my personal email address um, yeah. with uh, a signed copy of that and uh, a picture of me congratulating you. Yeah, which is, uh, by the way, his email address is going to be bone relic rubber uh, yep. at flgn.com <laughs> for, for, for all of your Danny needs. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> bone lover 40K. You got it. Yep. That's bone the lover one. 40K. Polish those relics. Oh, that's man. Right. <laughs> Danny, I'm spent. I yeah. don't have any more jokes. Uh, we, we've spent too long. <laughs> too many of these segments uh, were, were generally related. Um, and so I think, why don't you take us through and let us know who our guest is to save our audience uh, from our trashing one. Good call. All right. So uh, our guest, as soon as you hear his voice, you're going to know exactly who it is. Uh, he's the voice and Morgan best Freeman. Oh no, we're not. No, John, we're not having him yet. That's, <laughs> okay, no. that's in November. I hope you booked him, like we talked about. <laughs> well, no, yeah, that's what you get. All right. So anyway, you'll know him as soon as you hear his voice. You'll know him as soon as you see his his exuberant face. He's the master of play on Drukari. We've got JT McDowell joining us tonight. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. 
It's right. Uh, so JT see, just JT. now will not speak because of how you <laughs> know. Like, I refuse to talk. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to get over the the bone polishing. Um, uh, <laughs> I um, powerful stuff. I, I got nothing. That's. Yeah. I wish Drukari had something as cool as that, but we, we you know, just don't. What what they don't mention is the sixth organ that's added during the primaris is the penis. They they they, they added back <laughs> oh. on. It's removed for baby marines, added back on for primaris. It's where the extra attack comes from. It's that black carapace, the Laramans organ, and then yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Just makes the, penis sense. <laughs> the penis bone. The penis bone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's the official term for that organ there, Danny? I think you were mentioning it earlier as uh it's a uh, Dickus Maximus, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I thought he was a Roman senator, wasn't he? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's the it's the Land Raider. <laughs> Ark and Land. Oh, eerie mind. <laughs> oh, Ark and Land's oh greatest God. find wasn't the Land Raider. It was the Black Templar relic box. <laughs> yes. Yes, gangsters pair of dice. Uh, that's actually why the Primaris Marines get an extra attack. Yeah, it's that. Uh, so, it's, it's that new. That's that new organ. <laughs> well, they only hit on threes because it's an average attack. That's uh, true. But, but JT, welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about. So, like as Danny mentioned, you do play on tabletop. We mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, forty game, forty minutes, and how people would know you by your voice. Tell us a little bit about you, what and what you do. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm the voice of 40K in 40 minutes uh, for Play on Tabletop. We are heading into just wrapping up our third year. Um, we've got our finals in the can, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Should be coming out pretty shortly awesome. here. Um, we do it a little, did a little differently this year. Those of you who followed it along before have seen us do like a, a final wrap up, a final tournament. This year we're doing a, a two game aggregate scoring combination. That's a little unique and different. So definitely tune in to check that out. Um, but we do 40 K in 40 minutes. We take a two and a half, three and a half, sometimes four hour game, condense it down into 40 minutes, give you some cool narration, tell you what's going on, show you the key moments and uh, let you watch an entire game over your lunch break. It, it's it's fun, it's fast, it's enjoyable. The editing is intense, the graphics are fun, and we really just uh, we really just have a heck of a lot of fun doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's absolutely perfect. And I will say, Daddy, if you're a little confused, like I would, um, I would assume the Canadian lunch break is forty minutes. Uh, while us here, oh. we get fifteen to twenty minutes when when allowed. Um, well, John, I'm unemployed, so technically my entire day is a lunch break. So. <laughs> oh no! It's twenty minutes to eat your lunch and then forty minutes to watch. We get an hour. Oh my gosh! It, it's yeah, perfect. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sad. Um, you go in about how like these battle reports sometimes take like two, three, four hours. It reminds me like a few years ago as an April Fool's joke on like the Glacial Geek. Um, I, I added one of his battle reports down to thirty seconds, which was just <laughs> him really excitedly explaining his army. Uh, rolling like be like here we go, rolling a one, and then just having the battle end. Be like, ah, and I lost. Um, <laughs> but there's there's there must be like so much that goes into it. So kind of how do you go in there with like sort of that producer director eye and decide, okay, how do I make this four hours like an eighth of the time? Um, you know what? After three years of doing this, it's we've got it down to almost a science, almost. Um, but it, it's we got to catch the most important beats. And and a lot of times we've all played this game. We love this game, but there's roles that don't really matter. 
Um, mm-hmm. And those rolls are, you know, okay, so this unit is attacking this unit. Do we need to see every dice roll? Well, we know what's going to happen. It's weapon skill three, their toughness four. We know how this is going to work out. So we can, you know, smash cut the rolls if we need to. We can make it go really quick. And we can show the key beats and the key moments. If something really cool happens, then, of course, we're going to show you that. Um, but it's actually harder than you think to find those moments. Because sometimes we can edit a game to make it look like one guy won. We can edit mm-hmm. a game to make it look like the other guy won. I mean, the magic of editing is pretty amazing. And our editor, Nick Fraze, is an absolute wizard. Um, the guy spent so many hours in that first season, every episode. Mm-hmm. And now we've got it down to where we've got a couple of editors on staff that are capable of doing this. And then Nick gets to kind of oversee it. Um, but it's a difficult process to start. But, you know, I, it's so far beyond me as far as his capabilities, because the guy is really a wizard. Um, and I just come along and I, I write the narration based on what's happened. I'm literally describing the things that are important. And sometimes between what I picked up and what Nick sees uh, or, or what our editors Mike uh, or Ben see, we can talk about stuff and add some stuff and get some pickups and then find some moments that really make the game kind of shine. And some games are Mm -hmm. boring and we all have played those games, but we still want to make it look exciting. Um, Have you ever gone in and be like, Hey, uh, I'm going to really need you to redo this combat phase so that this unit actually wins because narratively it doesn't fit what I was going for. No, we've never done that. We've never said, okay, no, we have to change this completely. Um, because it just, we want the game to come to a natural conclusion. Mm -hmm. We want the game to be as authentic as we possibly can. We don't doctor the results. We don't change the results. We've actually have, uh, one game that never actually made it to air because it was so incredibly over and lopsided in the first turn that we (laughs) thought there's no way we can make a game out of this. We're just going to have to reshoot something else. Um, so that's extremely rare. It's only ever happened once, but we like to see the games play out. You know, we want these players to make the decisions. We want them to see and, and their decisions to show through. And then mm-hmm. we get to either make fun of them or talk them up or, or add to it, uh, as, as we do in, in the follow-up. So, but it is, it's, it's a real full game. Like you're not getting what we think the game should end on. You're getting no. what the game actually happened. Sure, for sure. I mean, though, why was there ever a temptation to do that? Like, though, as as a way where, hey, this game was great up until this point when when you made the the boneheaded move to kind of go here. So, especially the way that you guys are set up, where you are editing everything down and doing this, um, almost having the opportunity to present like the perfect battle report, as opposed to you know, John deploys all his stuff on the line and Danny turn one charges him off the table. Just to pull from a completely random thing that absolutely never that, happened. Yeah, never happened. Absolutely never happened. not. Nope. O- oddly enough, that's that's the game that never made it to the channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we've we've talked about it um, as a team that if if in the very first turn things go so horribly wrong that. I mean, dice spike one way. Do we want to just reset and start it over? Because in the end, we are entertaining. And we haven't had to do that yet. We we know it's there. We know it's an option if we need to. If we see in that very first turn that, okay, this is just the, either that we didn't see something on the table mm-hmm. and somebody's able to shoot an entire army off the board. Um, you know, if we see that, we're, we're going to correct that and we're going to start the whole thing over again. We're not going to edit from that point. We're just going to start the whole thing over. But we haven't had to do that yet. Um, which is fortunate. Um, 
we try to vet the lists. We try to uh, vet the players. We talk about how it's not a competition in as much as it's about a show and it's about showing the best parts of the hobby because that's what we want to do. We want to inspire people to play. We want them to see what the game can be. And really, we're trying to present a visual that matches the narrative in your head. We mm-hmm, want the mm-hmm. cool explosions. Oh. I mean, we want to see the gunfire. We want to see the cool model eye shots. So we really haven't yet. Would we, if it was that lopsided and somebody deployed on the line or, or charged their main character into all the guns and it died? Yeah, we probably would have to because right. that's not fun to watch. I got to keep writing down these things. So you're saying don't charge your main character into a bunch of guns. Don't charge the big guy into all the guns. That doesn't Ben, JT, speaking of which, while John is writing down these tactic, this tactical advice from you, Dude, I this just is watched... This is why I do this show. I get literally free coaching <laughs> from the best players in the world. <laughs> you laugh, I, but man, just be lucky you're in Idaho, otherwise you'd only beat me like 90-75. <laughs> so I just watched that battle report, uh, the underwater one with the Space Wolves. Uh, yeah. That was so cool. You guys did oh, such a fantastic man. job about that or with that battle report. Like that's one of the things that I enjoy so much about play on is like the quality. So what, what kinds of things do you guys try and emphasize to, to uh, like to, to maximize that quality on the, that quality production on the, on the tabletop? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it's a lot of things actually. Um, paint is one of the things, I mean, it's mm-hmm. very basics. We want to have well-painted armies, but that's not the be all end all. I mean, if something is painted really thematically and mm-hmm. and really goes together well, but maybe isn't the most technically great paint job mm-hmm. or it's a really cool conversion, then that that has a place because this is something that everybody can 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 identify with because it it's somebody's passion and that's really what shows through uh that table was an idea that nick had and of course Mm -hmm. we all made fun of him because you know he plays tau and underwater tau battle really nick you want to do this man (laughs) Um, because they're not fish according to him they're cow people i still say they're yeah no i say they're they're manatees I mean, that's the sea cow, right? <laughs> so you get the best of both Those worlds. It's a so laser guns as well, though. I like the compromise that you've done there, as the manatees are known to be vicious and warlike. They're also known to like. They're also known to like run into propellers um, accidentally. <laughs> Right, which means they don't have any close combat skills, so that makes sense for Tau, right? That's that's my theory. Hold Um, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, John. Did you just insinuate that all manatees are suicidal? I just want to make sure that we're okay. All right, all right, dude. Wouldn't you be if you were a manatee in Florida? Come on now, what? No, dude, you're in the best part of Florida, away from all the people. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That goes so, right here. See, this is my on. point. I think space manatees have a place in Warhammer, and and I, right. I want to have a space manatee army. <laughs> I really believe it. I think it does. Um, yeah. But to get back to the question, um, yeah. to what we're really trying to do, and what really shows through in that battle report is Nick had this idea and this concept, and then he came up with a way to make it look like it was actually underwater. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, literally i mean they look like big cool domes those are just plastic salad bowls man <laughs> like that's really all those are <laughs> yeah. that look uh, but it's it's you flip them upside down you put a put buildings underneath them and suddenly now you've got a dome city and it's that creativity aspect of it nick's nick's a really great 3d printer guy as well he's got some really cool bits and bobs that he does he printed propellers for his 
all his tanks, his devilfish and stuff. So he can actually put manatees on them. covering your tow tanks and propellers is just exactly amazing. the deadly manatees, right? Um, <laughs> so he's got he, he goes that extra mile, and and that's what comes through, I think, and makes our battle reports a it little does. bit different. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with the competitive battle reports, nothing wrong with the even gray plastic on gray plastic and two guys having fun. But we just presented a little differently. You know, we want to 40 minutes. We want to do everything we can to show what this looks like. I mean, literally, I describe it to people as when you're eight years old and you're playing with your toys and this is what you saw in your head. This is kind of what we want to put on the screen. And and that's I think it comes through. And yes, Nick is that passionate and Nick is that goofy. That's always what Nick is like. (laughs) We get asked all the time. Is that guy high? Is that guy? No, Nick is Nick is high on life, man. He is that absolutely crazy enthusiastic all the time it's infectious you can't help it when you're around him either he's he's that that hopped up all the time it's right he's super fun like john and i played against him at the las vegas team event this last year and uh, oh we did what a yeah it was our first game Heck yeah. Well, I know we played against two of the play on tabletop guys. I just didn't realize yeah. one was Nick. Yeah, it was Tack and Nick's list where they had a bet to see whose models could kill the most models mm-hmm. between their two characters. And by the last game, they were guys were feeding them models to die to get, the, <laughs> to get that up because they weren't going to finish well in the tournament as far as points go, but they were having a lot of fun. So um, it came down to which Tau character and, and which... But Attack had an ultramarine librarian, I think, who was going to kill the more models by the end of the tournament. It was pretty funny. Danny, didn't we just be giant jerks and just murder both of those characters right away? Well, no, it was that we were giant <laughs> jerks when we brought the four Lord Discordants. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Oh, no. <laughs> in, in our defense, in our defense, we tried to bring <laughs> no. six. Yeah, but we fair. forgot about the rule of two for that points level. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an easy army to play at that point level too, right? Oh, oh yeah. So Just here's the thing, forward. right? We're looking at it, Danny, we're like, we're going to do the team tournament because on the Sunday of LVO, it's like a great thing because obviously I'm not going to be playing on Sunday and the, the champs. Uh, Danny, there, there's a chance you could be playing Sunday, but more than likely, you're, you're, you're not going to be playing champs. So having the team tournament's a super fun thing to do but we're also mentally dead by that point. So we wanted something yes. we could literally just push up the table. Uh, and we did. Yeah. And it was a uh, super fun though. Having to rewrite the list on the Friday night, but when we found out that our list was actually illegal for the event was, was not as fun. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a good time. So you say like Nick comes up with all these crazy concepts. He did like the dome cities. Like he covered all of his uh, manatee vehicles and propellers and some weird like, anti-manatee way is there any ideas that he's wanted to do like i'm stuck on this guys i literally wrote down in the style guide the tower manatee john john yeah the ma- yeah. the propellers are obviously the most dangerous thing the manatees could think of so, <laughs> so of course they're gonna put those on their vehicles <laughs> guys perfect sense now they're gonna be yeah. really scared of this devil fish it's covered in just these it's deadly weapons in these death wheels <laughs> so so nick he created this great terrain has there been any sort of ideas that you guys have wanted to do uh that just haven't been able to be panned out or have just been something that's just too big uh for for that time um not yet there's been some ideas that we've talked about that seem like they're really crazy um but so far i mean the cloud battle is one that was was really well received 
um, mm-hmm. and then the the underwater battle. Um, our big uh, homage to StarCraft with the uh, Hammerfall bunkers. Um, that was actually a mm-hmm. board that I built. Uh, it was Tax Idea, and we put all the bunkers and we put all. I mean, it was that board actually weighs a ton, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those things that just you know we filled that entire board with you know can we make this work? Okay, let's see if we can do it. Um, we're actually running out of space to store the boards. <laughs> <laughs> because oh man they're really? big man that's a yeah. lot of terrain um our first apocalypse game there was another one where i don't know if you guys remember when apocalypse came out we knew it was coming and we thought okay we're going to do an apocalypse game we want to do this this is going to be fun and then literally three days later gw says oh by the way we're bringing out apocalypse and it's going to drop here and we're like uh i guess we need <laughs> terrain so uh Tycho and I sat up uh one weekend and started building those cool overpasses and big buildings that are covered in in uh, moss and and mm-hmm. made it look all horizon zero dawn. Again, that was that was a great team project cuz mm-hmm. Tack had the concept. He said I want to do like a horizon zero dawn thing. Tycho looked at some images, I looked at some images and then we ran with it. And the the overpasses are my favorite because the pillars are actually um beverage cans that we might have been oh, cool. imbibing from <laughs> we sprayed it with uh um that that no stick spray that you mm-hmm. put on your stairs so you don't slide mm-hmm. so it gives it a rough surface and then dry brushed it and washed it and it looks like concrete pillars and nice. it was just it's one of those things so we haven't met something that we haven't been able to do yet like if you've seen our tomb world series that uh that we did with deployments on television um, oh my goodness, the giant Necron cannon was, I mean, you think that Black Templar sprue was misleading. That Necron cannon definitely <laughs> stood out. Um, and so that there was like Tycho. the main cannon and then, then there was the two power conductors. At the there there the literally cannon. was, and it had a huge um, cannon <laughs> top that kind of went out. Now, was, 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 the, was the diamond, <laughs> the diamond top, uh, was that like covered like a European cannon? Um, or would that be kind of oh an exposed <laughs> I think when it fired, it actually retracted. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, uh, it glowed green, though, so I don't know how that bodes well. I see. All natural, then. We got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, oh. again, it's it's one of those things. We have so many creative people on our team, um, you know, so many guys with great ideas, whether mm-hmm. from, from Steve or Tack or, or you know, Tycho, Nick, uh, myself. We, we just – we come up with this stuff, and the only thing we're, we're really limited by is time and imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't <laughs> – the imaginations run wild in there, and it's literally the time to do it that comes down to it. So – um, but we do it. We, we, we go for it and we see if we can make it happen. We haven't, yeah. I mean, we've definitely put ourselves into some corners sometimes, but, uh, we, we love doing it. So it's a lot of fun. It seems to come so, through. So you mentioned like the, the, the drink camp pillars and kind of things like that. And all of these boards and terrain you're making. And, and obviously like the third army in Warhammer is the table. What are some of like the greatest terrain hacks or, or things that you've made where you're like, whoa, that turned out really, really good. Um, I loved the upside down salad bowls. That was one of my favorites. Um, I think that came out really, really cool. It did. The cloud battle too, to make that cloud battle, to make it look like the, all the pillars and stuff was above mm-hmm. the clouds, uh, a pillow may or may not have been harmed in the making of that uh, table. <laughs> um, but Nick went to the dollar store, which is like your go-to place for, for hobby stuff um, mm-hmm. and bought plastic wine glasses 
and the oh. stemmed wine glasses are clear and you can't really see them, but that's what's lifting everything up off the table oh. and at different heights and different levels. Um, so don't be afraid to try stuff. I mean, old school, like the, the board we did for the, um, the big Starcraft game, the mm-hmm. front bunkers are all made out of toilet paper. It's all huh. toilet paper and glue. Um, I know, Man. right? Like you look at it and go, oh, it just looks like earthworks. No, toilet paper. Wife was really happy with me on that one. <laughs> during a hopefully, pandemic as well. Yeah, I was yes, going to say, exactly. hopefully you didn't do it during the pandemic, but you know. Yes, yes, I did. Oh, man. Uh, people seeing you leave Costco table. with all of these rolls and being like, you jerk, you don't need all of these. I'm like, it's not for pooping, it's for miniature wargaming. Exactly. I thought it was okay, right? Million dollar table at that point, right? Um, but it, it's... It, the hacks are, are easy uh, when it comes to things like just let your imagination go. The stuff you did in grade five, you know, grade four, the, the, those things you did, like it really does work. And when it's painted up and it's dry brushed and you throw a little wash on it, suddenly it looks pretty amazing on camera. You don't have to have the the high end super duper 3d printers. I mean, yeah, that's cool to have that stuff, but man, just slap it together, build it, glue it, paint it. And you'd be amazed how much better it makes your games. Danny, what's your, uh, best piece of like, uh, homemade terrain? that you've had over your hobby and career oh my god uh yeah i didn't think it oh yeah no here i got i got this i got this uh (laughs) i got shipped some some acne medication in high school and uh it came in like a cooler and those coolers are kind of have like cool designs right so i uh i covered part of it in pv in pva glue and then i sprayed it with spray paint and the spray paint ate like parts of it so it looked battle damaged because i made it into like a bunker it turned out really nice yeah i uh, set fire to a rhino to make it think it looked cool and melty uh but it doesn't look cool it just looks melty uh, and that's why i no longer make my own terrain because i'm just bad at it <laughs> <laughs> i thought Jeez. that was just part of your army <laughs> it's real that's fair death card, right death that's card. fair hey. yeah that, that's fair yeah that's my my hobby hobby ability uh, on display thanks danny uh jt you're welcome you were part of uh last year's nopen uh so with uh we we're talking about pandemic and things happening there you helped take part on the nopen which was kind of a joint effort between like a lot of streamers and content creators to, to have some kind of event going on here uh, tell us about your experiences with the nopen uh, that was a ton of fun. Um, Falcon put that together um, with with his team of experts uh, uh, in a very short time frame, and um, we had talked about it amongst our team because with uh, Las Vegas Open going down, we were like, "Well, can we do something to help Frontline out?" I mean, because we love you guys, and and you know, it's a it's all one big community. So we thought, "Can we do something?" And then Peter's like, "Hey, uh, we're doing this," and we're like, "Okay, where do we sign up?" Um, so we got involved as soon as we could and it was a blast. I mean, what a cool concept, um, having the Drukari list go all the way to the final table and then yeah. making guys drive all over Florida to find all the parts <laughs> for it. I think is my favorite part of that. That was like the best part. And then just for, for people who are listening, who might not be aware of what the noping concept was, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it was? So effectively a bunch of content creators and uh, personalities got together and were asked to put together a list that they would bring to the Las Vegas open. If it were to, if it were to go on. And the idea being that you build the list 
And then you play that list round one, but you don't necessarily play it round two because it gets kicked over some other streamers and some other personalities, and then they play your list. And then so on and so on until there can be only one at the end, and you have a big final, which the Art of War guys do, and it was list versus list, not necessarily pilot versus pilot, which was a really cool concept. Um, And I was very fortunate in that uh, my list made it all the way to the finals with... uh, a sneaky Drukari list before they got a book. And uh, it was pretty fun to pretty fun to actually get it there. No, I didn't have 10 point Reavers. I'm not that kind of guy, uh, but it was a really fun, fun project to be a part of and such an incredible weekend. Um, you know, we were, um, we were just absolutely uh, overwhelmed with the response. Uh, we thought it was mm-hmm. uh, super cool to be part of. Um, we streamed two of the games on our channel and then it was me watching the rest of them. And I mean, I was mm-hmm. cheering along with everybody else while making the, <laughs> the brackets was the coolest part. Cause we got to, you know, bet on who's going to do what. Um, and that was really, really neat. Um, and I screwed up a lot of brackets by winning and I'm very proud. <laughs> <of that. laughs> you should be. <laughs> so you said, I mean, there's obviously some logistical challenges from this here of like, you make your Jakari list and you're like, okay, everyone has to play this army if it goes forward. You mentioned um, you sent a bunch of people around Florida looking for Jakari models, which is a much more common site nowadays that they have their new book. Uh, well, tell us about what happened back then. So um, if I remember correctly, because um, it was our war guys that were going to play it. And I think it was, was it John and Nick, I think that we're going to play the final two. That and sounds right. And it was the it was the sisters, the hashtag shield wall list, sisters and custodes, and it ended up being Drukari. Well, they thought it was going to be the actual sisters list um, that Adrian was playing over at Tabletop Titans, mm-hmm. but um, but my man Brian Pullen pulled it out of the end there, and the Drukari won, and they were like, "Oh, do we have this stuff?" <laughs> so they they literally sent out the the flying monkeys and said, "Fly, my pretties," and and gathered the models <laughs> that they could to actually put them on the table, and I think they were actually building some of them, like to just to get them on the table so that they could actually have the models. <laughs> Um, because nobody expected the list to win and a clutch, uh, clutch vect and, uh, that flipped the tables yeah. and, and Brian pulled it out. It was, it was pretty exciting. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, talk about throwing a monkey wrench and I think the stream was half an hour late because they had to <laughs> get the guys back with the models. So, so you never count your eggs and until they're hatched, right? You make sure you have it all in place. But, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was pretty funny that they were running around trying to find the stuff. Who owns two Reapers? I mean, just basically <laughs> you, I think. I do. <laughs> I have two Reapers. Yeah, that's a. Then now that model is. I mean, it's still a good model, but that was sort of the the go to at the time because of the, our Technomancer shenanigans, right? Yeah, still really good. It's still very Oof. good. Awesome. So you said the concept was you took one list and then that list progressed and the players didn't. Was there a time that you guys had in between rounds where you're just like, okay, look. This is a monkey can do this. You do this, then you do this, then you do this. There was no real time between rounds to talk to the next player about what you were doing, um, which was hard because um, the way it worked out, um, we played, Steve and I played the first round and he played his Ultramarines. I played my Drakari. And then we actually were going to play the second round as well. So I was going to play, I think it was TJ Lanigan's Demon List 
yep. or it was going to be Steve playing, which we figured the demon list was going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought I was going to be playing that because I thought the I thought the Ultramarines were going to take it because my book isn't that strong. But I just I just uh, I got lucky and I, I outplayed Steve. Um, he mm-hmm. didn't see it coming. I got that second turn. And the bottom turn scoring was absolutely massive. Um, I think that's a really cool mechanic now. And mm. that's what really won me the game because I could set that up. Um, but then he had this super complex demon list to play. Oh, man. And it like so hard to play and got yeah. about 45 seconds to talk about it. Right. And <laughs> here you go, dude. And And poor Steve. I mean, people gave him such a hard time over it. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to hand you a physics textbook from like third <laughs> yeah. university. <laughs> And, and the only references you're going to have to do the exam for your physics are going to be these four biology textbooks. Because that's literally <laughs> what that list was like. It was like, this doesn't make sense, and I don't know what the heck that means. So it was definitely a challenge. Um, so he had, he had sure. his moments. He played it as well as he could. Um, but people also don't realize that poison weapons don't care about toughness yeah. and monsters. You know? Dark Technomancer Venoms at the time were ridiculous, and they just chewed through Magnus before you could even do anything. And right. that was really the game. I got to table boss that game, and it was really fun to uh, to watch that happen. And uh, I was like, after JT's like first turn, where mm-hmm. the de- where they kind of all the demons got to mid table, and then a lot of the big ones died, was uh, super brutal. And I think a lot of people were like, "Oh no." <laughs> Not totally unexpected, totally unexpected. But like once you saw it in action, it's like, oh yeah, this is probably a pretty good matchup for the Dukari. I think it was probably the best matchup that my list could have had in the entire tournament, to be honest, yep. um, from all the other stuff that was there. Because again, poison and two damage venom shots. I mean, good grief. Um, he's on his invuln anyway, so AP doesn't matter. I'm right. just throwing out. So Because that was the time when splinter cannons were still rapid fire three, right? So that's 12 shots from every venom firing it. I mean... By Magnus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> the worst. But since then, uh, you, you do have a brand new book uh, that's Ooh. come out where maybe um, you have like been shamed almost for playing Drakari. Drakari is almost like a <laughs> like a, a nasty word on the tabletop now, right? Yeah. yeah so so uh, how do you deal from like going from this place where for Nopen you made this list that, that plays up to a bunch of factors and you have to be a really good player to do uh, to, to play well to now Drakari where you have a really good book behind that army? Um, it feels shameful sometimes to walk to a table with Jukari. Um, and it really does <clears throat> against, um, players who've played a few games against them and who understand the mechanics of it and what you need to do when they came out of the, out of the gate, it was like, Oh, I kill the Raiders and you still hold the objectives. Well, yeah. Cause I just dumped a bunch of obsec on there and, and now you have to shoot me off that too. And people had no idea how to deal with this. Um, I played a guy this last weekend, we had a, our provincial, uh, wrap up tournament and he'd never played against um, he'd never played against Dark, Dark Eldar Drakari yet. He was running a version of uh, Jamie Paris's um, Space Wolf list, mm-hmm. which is a really good list. Yeah. Um, he not quite the caliber that he is, um, but he said, "You know, I watched your game that you played Jamie at Charity Hammer, and I thought this was really cool." And I thought, oh, "Okay, cool." I said, "Have you played this yet?" He said, "No." And I said, "Well, I'm sorry about what happens next." He didn't score primary. At like all. at all. Oh. At all. He got 14 points brutal um and i felt bad but 
it's also one of those situations where, <laughs> okay, you failed your charges, and now literally my entire army just goes, hi, I'm going to eat you. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, but it was one of those things where when you don't know how to defend against the army yet, mm-hmm. you you make mistakes. You think you can get away with it. You think your toughness four and your three-up armor are going to protect you, and they're really not. Unlike the Admech currently, which it doesn't matter if you know how to defend against it, they're just going to blow you off the damn table anyway. And and how is it that you defend against it again? Uh, against Drukari? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kill the boats and then shoot what comes out. They're like lobsters. Oh. Drukari are like lobster. You crack the shells and then you eat the gooey parts that come out. Delicious. Delicious. You're going to go to that style guide for me to save that joke? Thanks. No, no, no. I only save my funniest personal jokes in here, which is why there's less than a page uh, for two months. Makes sense. It's all just blank pages, guys. I want you to know that. <laughs> why are you going to ruin the magic like that, Danny? Holy I'm cow. pretty sure that's my job here. I, I, that's... That's, what you, that's what you keep telling me. Yeah. Is that, is that false? Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Sad times. Uh, but yeah, so like you have this great book uh, coming out with the Jukari. Um, and do you have like some third edition model still on the table? So you can be like, oh, yeah. look, I, I've been playing this a long time. I, I didn't actually just kind of jump <laughs> over. Well, this this weekend I ran um, a three Talos, three Kornos list in Dark Artisan. So not the Technomancer. Um, I ran it with the super durability. And my Kronos are actually the original Talos models. So the metal Talos Scorpion models, oh, yeah. um, that's what I'm running as my Kronos. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, the Talos and Kronos look so close anyway, most people can't tell the difference. Sure. At least now you can see the difference. And they're bloody heavy, and people go to pick them up, and they're like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, yeah, the best part is if you get mad and lose, you can throw those at people and hurt them. <laughs> they're, they're just massive. If you attend a GW event, I'm sure there's lots of socks just lying around the floor from people not wearing them. So you just fill that on up there, use it as a weapon. Tackle the nearest guy and take his socks, right? <laughs> the joke's on you, and none of those guys can afford socks. <laughs> Oh, sad times, sad times. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got the OG models. I have, uh, I mean, I have original Ravagers. I think the only thing I don't have, I don't have a Raven Strike Fighter, which is the old oh. Forge World one. Oh yeah, uh, and I don't have an actual Vect Dias of Destruction. Mm. Well, the there only you one go. I don't have. Uh, the you, know, I mean. He's accepting donations uh, at this point here. <laughs> and um, the, the Vagdias, um, and then also the Forgebro model uh, to complete its elder, uh, Dark Elder collection. Because yeah. and, if you'll, and if you'll hold on just a second and check on the bottom of the screen, Tyler will add uh, JT's personal home address that you can send those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you are, yeah, thank you so much, Tyler. So good. I mean, I think after Danny like wrecked you at 40k the other night, and <laughs> at stuff like that. Um, but here we are. Uh, that's yeah. super good of you. Oh man, uh, so yeah, JT, we met up at Charity Hammer. Um, part of the reasons I was there was to kind of help create content and kind of like little videos and things. Uh, and I definitely helped you uh, create some content to explain your list. Uh, why don't you take Take us behind sort of the genesis in your mind of your your list description video. Um, there was a, a contest for the best list description video, and I thought, 
you know, guys are going to talk about their explanations of what my counter is and, and how I'm going to forward deploy this and I'm going to this. And I thought, you know, it'd be way more fun to harken back to my roots, uh, my, my, my deep, dark roots of, of, of professional wrestling, you know, 30 years ago or whatever the heck it was when I started that journey and pulled out one of my old lime green butcher suits. That's right. Um, I squeeze into a butcher suit. Mad, mad John Tenta vibes. Mad, yeah. I believe that's the phrase you used. Mad earthquake yeah. vibes. Is that right? Yeah. That Twitch yeah. was real happy. The nipples were still covered by the straps. Like the nipples the were time. still covered by the straps. I, I, I almost took down the charity hammer stream. Like, <laughs> and so I think I actually got a pre-release view of that new bone relic the Black Templars got when I saw you in that costume. <laughs> And that's with a proper gusset in the actual in the in the butcher suit too. So yeah, damn, uh, impressive. He's a show Canadian made, baby. It's Canadian made. <laughs> I think my favorite part was, like I said, I filmed about eighteen to nineteen of those over the course of two days. Um, at no point did you explain your list. Nope. Uh, at no point did you say what you were going to do. You just physically threatened your opponent for, for round one. Yeah, I physically threatened his army. I told, I think something about rip his space puppy balls off or something. <laughs> Beat him pillar to post. Yeah, it was it was a classic wrestling promo cut. That's for sure. And then just started laughing. <laughs> Good yeah. finish. Yeah, yeah. If you ever saw that one, there's a real hard cut right at the end there because the laughter is like almost instantaneous. It, it it's pretty good. Oh yeah. man, good yeah, times. We, were a bit, we had a bit of fun with that. That's for sure. That was a fun, such an amazing event. And, and to all credit to my opponent, Jamie laughed pretty hard at that. He thought that was pretty funny. So <laughs> we and we had a great game. We had a fantastic game. So he went all the way to the finals too. He did. Yeah, I, I mean, I have this space thing wolves. about losing. Yeah, with space wolves, I I always lose to the guy who wins the whole thing. Is is that like? Is that a thing, a nod to me, or how does that work? I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but typically the guy who wins it all is the only guy who beats me. So maybe, maybe I'm good at this game. Maybe I'm lucky. Maybe that's I just, the benefit uh, of a single elimination event is you can stick to that narrative, and there's literally no totally. other evidence to say otherwise. Hundred percent. My true. first round, I got my butt kicked by the guy who won. Hey, man, that's the only guy who beat me. Right? Yeah. Like his, if I had beaten him, I would obviously have gone all the way to the end. Totally, uh, right? Yeah. Easily. I mean, it happened it happened during the Nopen, so why wouldn't it happen that? Why wouldn't it happen that's now? Legit. I, yeah. I think it's I think we're gonna stick to that narrative. That's that's we're <laughs> we're forging that narrative into my head now. That's how it's working. Um lots of uh, it's been said, and I know Danny and I we were talking about how there was no real surprises at the, the start of the episode coming out of the Louisiana Open um and sort of where the game state is. What is your current current take on the game state of forty K? Yeah, I think it's ninety for ninety to ninety five percent there. I really do. I think ninth is the best edition that they've had yet. Um, there's a lot of people who talk about aspects of second or third or fifth. Or, no, man, ninth. It just wraps it all up. The wording is better. It's more succinct. Things make sense. Everything kind of matters. Um, I think one of the biggest changes that everybody's worried about was the board size. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best thing that's happened to the game. Because everything matters now. Uh, deep strikes are harder. You can't just do whatever you want to anymore. And it, it's I think it's a really cool aspect of it. Um, I think there's some tweaks for sure. Admech is definitely broken. 
Um, that's as, as broken <laughs> as dark Eldar were. And yeah, mm-hmm. they were really, really super strong, but you see how they're being countered now and you see how guys are get fighting around them. And, and there's probably still some point balances to come, but the, the Adeptus Mechanicus ability to have 80 Skitari or 120 Skitari just shooting you off the board. That's just boring. Like that's not fun. And that's, Part of the problem I had when the first few weeks of playing Jukari was it wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, people just didn't know how to react to it. Um, and then you kind of try some weird stuff and then stuff gets balanced and then points change and then people figure stuff out. But if you look at the top lists that were there, I mean, it was still Jukari. It was still Admech, um, London GT, Admech. I mean, yeah. there's something to be said when you're winning all the games. And yes, top players will jump to top armies because that's what they do. Um, because for them, it's all about the wins and the points, and, and that's absolutely a valid way to do things. However, um, for the middle-of-the-run guy to come up against one of those lists, mm-hmm. that's not fun. Um, yeah. Like my opponent Saturday morning, great guy. We had a ton of fun, but the guy scored 14 points. Like, how can that be a fun game in the end of things, right? right? And it was literally nothing I could do. He failed his charges, and, and am I not supposed to play the game at this point? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it, it's a discredit to him. So... I wouldn't want to do that, and I wouldn't want him to do that to me. So I think there's definitely some balance issues that have to occur, um, but I think it's about 90 to 95% there. Say, Danny, to pick up on something that he said uh, on there, what do you have to say to people who say that second was the best edition? Because that, that, okay. that seems rough. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going to quote Mike Brandt, but then I decided not to. So I would say that they should... <laughs> That's fair. Just, uh, if you if you think second edition is the best edition, just to kind of quickly cut away from there, um, you're forgetting vehicle facings, armor values, mm-hmm. vehicle data sheets, war gear cards. Uh, it was the worst. Um, and then, yeah, chat kind of really agreeing that ninth is a great edition. It's just sort of the books. There's this sort of idea that it's really not only 90, 95% of the way there because some armies don't have books yet. How much do you sort of agree with that, though? Are we still going to see the sort of problems we're seeing now as more books come out? Because we are seeing some of the earlier releases from Ninth started to be left behind uh, with a lot of these newer ones. I, I think it's like, so, oh, sorry, were you, ta- were you asking JT or were you asking me? Dude, I want to ask, I hear everyone's opinion. And okay. if you want to tell me how to win at the game, let me know so I can kind of keep adding it on. I won't here. because I don't like you. So, the, uh... <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, <laughs> I, I think that like, yeah, I think JT is, is, uh, is, is pretty much spot on there. I, I don't know if I go 95%, but I think that like 85% is there, but like, I think the tweaks that they that need to happen are mostly books need to be released and points need to be adjusted. Like those are the things that need to happen. Um, and I think that that'll put the game into like the best place it's ever been. Cause ninth edition is more fun than any other edition. Yeah, and then I'm going to open this up to JT, but obviously for both of you guys here, um, like I said, do you feel <laughs> that when books are outside? So yeah, I had a question in my head then it totally went away, but it came oh, back. Yeah, okay. So, so we're all good. 
No, I did. So there, there's this sort of feeling that GW is releasing a book uh, and then releasing a counter book like right after it. So we had sort of like Drew Carey come out and then Admech came out as a kind of a counter book to that. So adjusting the builds and now we're seeing we have Grey Knights and uh, Thousand Sons just came out. And now we're seeing Black Templars come out for which all we make fun of it. There seems to be like a lot of anti-psyker kind of things in there and ways to do it. Is it just sort of this constant sort of thing we're going to see with all of these books where they're not directly necessarily counting everything, but just necessarily the last thing? Like an arms race almost. Like yeah. A, like, a, like a book's arms race. Um, it it feels like that. I don't know if that's the case, though. Um, I don't know if they... Um, not to discredit GW. I don't know if they think that far ahead. Um, I don't know if they've designed it with that in mind. Um Admech can counter Drukari for sure, but Admech also counter absolutely everybody else. <laughs> so that's a that's a big thing. Um, the Thousand Suns and the Grey Knights one kind of makes sense to come out together. I mean, the two mm-hmm. most powerful psychics, and it's a really cool box set. And boy, I really love the new Grey Knights. They're super strong. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, is it is it a back and forth? Um, I mean, that'd be a great way to do it, right? Like, it really would make sense to have something come out and again. But I think what we're seeing is is the pandemic has really slowed release schedules so much that this is being extended. This this drought of mm-hmm. um, how do I deal with X is way longer than it should be simply because of that. Um, I really, I I'm, I hold to that. And I think that's a big part of it. I think the terrain, terrain rules are the best they've ever been. I think the table rules are the best they've ever been. And I think, you know, when the codexes come out, I think you're going to see when everything is all said and done <laughs> right before 10th edition drops, uh, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see a super balanced game. That's going to be really, really fun. And I, I hope that, you know, honestly, I hope there isn't a 10th edition. I know there will be. I know there will be something along the lines of that. But even like a 9.5 would be nice just to because I like this edition. Eighth was really good, but it had its holes. Yeah, I think ninth is a real winner. Um, and I, I think once we this pandemic stops, if it ever does, and we get a regular release schedule again, I think we're going to see a, a really vibrant and lively game. And I think it's it's going to be super healthy. That's my hope. Yeah. Question for both of you to wrap this up here. Um, what is one change uh, each of you would make to the game uh, in order to improve it? Because we just talked about some of the issues that we're having. Um, so one change that you would make in order to improve it. And I'm going to veto right away uh, releasing all the books or, or changing okay. the points. Because those are the easy things people already talked about. So yeah, JT, what is one change you would make? You know what? I would probably... Um... I'd probably say changing some of the secondaries. Some of the secondaries are absolute crap. Like I'm just going to say they're, they're stupid. It's like, why would you ever take this? It makes no sense. And a lot of those are the mission specific ones. Um, but some of the secondaries are just really, really dumb or way too hard to get. And I think that maybe when we see the whole game, maybe they make sense. Mm-hmm. But right now it's like, I mean, every game I'm going to take engage, I'm going to take rod and I'm going to take, you know, whatever faction specific super one that I have. It's almost every opponent I play. And I think that needs to change. There needs to be viable options besides engage rod and then my codex one, because Mm -hmm. there needs to be something more dynamic that that's what I would change. Yeah. Danny, what would your change be? 
Uh, I would say, all right, this is gonna this is gonna be weird. Uh, so mine is secondary related as well. Um, I would say release some faction secondaries for the for the armies that don't have books yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like as kind of an interim while they while they're waiting. I think that that would be really good for the game. Oh, and also ban flyers from match play. Flyers. Yeah. Okay, Ennis Wilson. Let's let's just move on there. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good with that too. I gotta be honest. I I'm I take me out of the narrative, man. This is a this is a tabletop game. This isn't a strategic battle. No, this is tactical. I don't if want you, flyers. If you don't have your flyers on thirty six inch plastic rods, um, you it's aren't not, even trying to narratively play the game. It's not even to scale. All right, and Crypt Shadow Valkyries were the worst thing that Games Workshop has ever put out. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> they take up way too much of the table. They're really cool, but like I, I hate them. Like, have you ever played against someone with eight Valkyries? It's the worst. You can't even oh. see what's going on. It's like an umbrella. It is. It genuinely is. We just got a Manta in studio. Oh, we, we man. just got a Manta. And you want to talk about an umbrella, dude? Yeah. That thing takes up the table. You're yeah. just using that as a table, right? I mean, that's, we, we're, that's... we're actually going to play kill team games on top of it. I think we had a guy who used really it as fun. his army display board. Well, yeah, because it has an army in it, right? Exactly. <laughs> like it comes with one. Oh, and, and then just to throw my two cents in there, I would uh, remove the core keyword from contenders. Oh, that's spicy, Ooh. but I like that that's, too. That's a good one. Yeah. It's just. That's all I would do. This is based on personal experience over the last couple of months of having to play against uh, so many Volkite Contemptors. Uh, <laughs> so, so many Volkite Contemptors. Um, and I'm, yeah, kind of sick against uh, hitting on twos, re-rolling ones. Uh, that's no fun. And then we have uh, Crimson Show, let us know. You know what? I wanted to defend the boner, but I'm now against the boner. Uh, and I think I can't think of a better phrase. Wow. To, uh, I can't think of a better phrase for us to leave off on here than being against the boner. Uh, JT, uh, we talked a little bit about your Wait, work on playing no. <laughs> yeah, Danny, go. What? You said no. Like, like no, yeah, no, let's there. not be against the boner. Dude, we're pro <laughs> boner over here. <laughs> Danny's, taking pro boner. Law, Danny's taking some law school classes. I think he misread or there was a typo <laughs> in one of his sheets. And My teacher pro- kept giving me this weird look in class today when I talked about doing charity work, so maybe. I don't know. <laughs> JT, you already talked about your work with Play on Tabletop. Why don't you let everyone know where to find you if they haven't already found you? You can find us on YouTube at Play on Tabletop. Um, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, find our pay- Play on Tabletop there as well and, and support us and, and find out the cool stuff we do and the behind the scenes and the great community that we got rolling over there. Um, but primarily it's on YouTube. Play on Tabletop on YouTube. You can find us out. We got our finals coming up. It's going to be pretty cool. Like I said, you're going to do an aggregate thing with four games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our new awesome. APOC video should drop soon. Going to see my big Phantom Titan on the table. I'm so happy oh, yeah. I actually got to play with that. That is not um, a metaphor. It's <laughs> it's a big Phantom, and he's got a big D bombard. Yes, that's what it's actually called. It's a D bombard. I'm not kidding. I'm not making it up. That's really what it is. Um, but yeah, so we we've got our, our finals coming up. Um, we're so so definitely check us out and uh, and follow us and, and watch us and comment because we love hearing comments and we love hearing suggestions from people too. We take them seriously. We we love interacting with everybody. So check us out. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny and I will be back next week uh, with, with one of two options here. We're either going to be able to, to track down the elusive Duke Falcon uh, of the Frontline Gaming oh. Network to come and talk to us about the wonderful game state of 40K and the way that only Falcon can. Or, failing that, we're going to drag uh, Lore Bros back to, to talk about Black Legion, the, the most fantastic book uh, with the greatest narrator character, uh, Kayam. Uh, yep. so Laura Bros back at full strength or the Falcon either way it's going to be a great time when you join us next Tuesday uh, live 9-ish uh, on the Frontline Gaming Network uh, so yeah for everyone thank you so much for watching tuning in uh, commenting remember to see any of the pictures we talked about at Grimdark FLGN on Twitter thank you so much and we will see you next Tuesday <laughs>